0: Hello everybody and welcome to my podcast, Life in Bold. My name is Ben Haas, and I am your host. If you're watching this on YouTube, welcome. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to listening to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. Today's topic is something that I thought about doing for a long time, and it's bold body image. Ugh. <laughs> Even just saying it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a rough one. Um, I'm not going to try to be too long-winded about it, but essentially something that I have been working on in the last year and on my journey toward living my life in bold is understanding what do I want from my body image and what is the history of why I feel the ways that I feel about my body, And how can I move forward with my body in a way that's not too constrictive and not too restrictive? And I just feel like now is actually the time to talk about my body image. And I hope my my dream and my hope for this talk is that you'll hear something that you can relate to or compare yourself to or understand that you're not alone if there's something that you're feeling that I'm also feeling. So... The reason that I feel like now is the time is because I actually just this week performed a vulnerable poem about my relationship to love and my relationship to Valentine's Day, which was so cool and so challenging at the same time. I feel like I've been doing these comedy performances uh, at this open mic called Inspired Word Open Mic Night, and I decided to do something vulnerable for the Valentine's Day show. And I read a poem. You can find it on my Instagram, at Ben Haas Show. I read the poem, and it really resonated with a lot of people because it was vulnerable, because it was authentic. And truthfully, I have you to think, because I have been on this journey through this podcast, through therapy, on finding ways to be more authentic and to be more bold. And it was very authentic, and it was very bold, to go up on stage and read a poem about my relationship to love. Like truly something I couldn't have imagined doing a year ago, two years ago. In the poem, there is a line about how I'm insecure about my body not being what bodies are supposed to be. And there's many lines in the poem that people have told me they relate to. For me, the thing that pops out the most from the poem out of many things is the body image line that my body isn't what my body is supposed to be. And it's something that I've just truly, truly dealt with for, I don't know the last, however, ever since like sixth grade, just different, different feelings about my body and what my body is supposed to be. And my body compared to other people. And I just thought it would be a good idea to just get into it. The reason that I'm thinking so much about my body image and not just thinking about me being too large or me having, issues and flaws with my body is because in the pandemic I gained I don't know a lot of weight it feels like there's kind of a before the pandemic and after the pandemic with my weight partially because I live alone in Manhattan and in the pandemic the first year the first two years of the pandemic I just was not very active I had gotten laid off from my job and to be honest with you I was Um, dealing with probably some level of depression. I was spending a lot of time horizontal in my bed, ordering food to be delivered to me, fast food often, and just not being very active and really not focusing on my health. And that time in my life, while so tragic for the country and people dying and bad leadership in the country and things like that, the time that I spent unemployed is actually invaluable to me because it helped me realize more about my identity and what I wanted out of who I am. The kind of downside is that I gained a lot of weight and um, and had I had actual results when it came to my health. So um, I remember when I started my job that I have now, which I actually just hit two years at, um, so two year anniversary, which is why I got that promotion and raise. I actually remember on my first day of this job being in pain from sitting at my desk all day and then wanting to go on a walk after work. And I actually was in pain um, just walking. And it had been 10 months of, you know, unemployment and there being a pandemic and not being able to get a haircut and not being able to leave or not being able to join a gym and not being able to go to yoga, yoga classes And, you know, it just that two year period or that that um, that first day of my job is just a true marker of, you know, the worst health that I had had my entire life. Another kind of actionable, tangible result of the health was that I was experiencing like a high blood pressure situation. So I would go to a doctor. They would be like, oh, did you know you have high blood pressure and you should check that out and here's what you should do? And I kind of took it upon myself. I didn't really want to take medication. Just, I guess I feel like for me, like, I don't want to be on a medication for high blood pressure. I would rather just um, take care of my health and try that first before I'm on medication. Um, And I did start working out more. I did start, you know, walking more. I started trying to eat healthier and, Ultimately, today, as it stands, when I go to the doctor, my health, my blood pressure is fine. Um, I don't really feel like I have back issues unless it's like something where it's like one off. Like I wake up and there's a little bit of pain in my back. Um, but I have come a long way since February 15th, 2021, when I felt like I was in the worst health of my life. That said, um, I haven't lost a lot of weight from the worst health of my life. I not I don't I don't want to share numbers just because I don't want to have people compare their body to my body and the numbers because I just truly and this is what we'll get into. I just truly don't think that's what I want to focus on. But I'm only I want to say I'm only 13 pounds lower than when I was at my highest weight and my worst health. And that has caused a lot of negotiation with myself. And that has caused a lot of Um, questioning of myself and it makes me really reflect and think about body image and I just feel like I have gone through body image stuff for my whole life like I just feel like when I was a kid I was in gymnastics and I had a like a banging bod (laughs) like I had kind of had abs and like great a great back and like nice legs and like um, biceps and stuff like that. I mean, I was like a literally an eight-year-old kid, but I was very muscular. My uncle would come over and, you know, say, How many push-ups can you do? And I could do like a ton of push-ups. Um, and you know, my mom would, you know, um comment on my body and she would kind of brag about my body. And so I grew up like with this great image of like what my body was. And then when I stopped doing gymnastics, I basically had a normal body. Like I didn't have an impressive body, but at the same time I didn't have any bot, any, there was no problem with what my body was, but I kind of convinced myself around like fifth grade, sixth grade that like, I am not somebody who should be taking off my shirt. And that stuck with me throughout, you know, high school and college and my twenties. I mean, literally it stuck with me forever and I've come a long way with it, but, um, it's interesting to think about how it started, because I think we all feel that like around fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, that somehow our bodies are like um, unacceptable and that we have to hide our bodies and that our bodies are not good enough and that our somebody else has a better body and, and all of that stuff. And for me, the reason it feels so relevant today is because I really want to start dating more. I want to go out there and I want to be meeting guys. And I want to be out there being myself, being my confident self that all of my friends know me to be. And I think that my body is what's, I don't think so. This is what I've talked about in therapy. My body is, is holding me back. My body image, not my body. My body image is holding me back from saying, yes, I am a sexy being and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to uh, go on dates and I'm going to impress people. And I'm, you know, cool with it. And, you know, I think it's sad that something so dumb is stopping me because what I've learned in therapy and what I've talked about in therapy is, you know, this, obviously this concept of like body neutrality and like body positivity and the feelings that we have about our bodies. And to me, what I have learned is like, for right now, it is okay if I have, problems with my body if I think something is too small or something is too big or something is too hairy or something is too pale like that is fine I don't need to necessarily like adore every single piece about my body but what's important for me to remember is that just because I think that that doesn't have to be a huge deal like that can I can I can say oh this is I don't like this about my body, but that doesn't have to stop me from living my life. It's really interesting because I think that when I think about the times that I've felt the best about my body, it's been external. It's been because I'm in some type of relationship with somebody and they are approving of my body or it's been because I get some kind of compliment maybe on my legs or my skin or whatever it is. And it's very, very, very external whenever I feel confident about how my body is looking or feeling or whatever. Um, And I would say I get very insecure around people who seem to have it together with their body or they, they seem to be fit or they seem to be maybe skinny or they seem to be like not worried about what their body is. I I would also say I get insecure around people who are larger, maybe fat people or big people or tall people or whatever people um, who don't necessarily have what, you know, America thinks is like a perfect body, but they are very confident and they don't mind, you know, taking off their shirt and jumping into the pool. I would also say that with my body image, I have had a lot of struggle with the narrative that people don't care what men's bodies look like and that there's more pressure on women to look a certain way and that nobody cares what men look like um, because men are just men. And if they're fat, it's funny and everybody loves them and whatever that to be honest with you, that's just like not my experience. Now I totally understand that there are unique um, pressures on women that are not on men and that that the world is more cruel toward women te- uh, uh, often, oftentimes more, more cruel to women and has really high standards of what a woman should look like and what beauty is and what a woman should do to become beautiful. The place that I differ from that narrative is that I am a gay man. And I would say that the gay male experience with body image Is also a very unique one where there is a lot of pressure and there's a lot of societal pressure and norms and things that are expected of gay men. And a lot of it comes from within the gay community of gay men, you know, wanting to look perfect and wanting to have these great bodies and wanting to prove to the world that they are strong or attractive or whatever. Um, And to be something that I find interesting is that I I've read some research and articles and I've seen some podcasts about when gay men are growing up and it might just be queer people in general. But I think what I was referring to is gay men specifically when gay men specifically are growing up, they have a need to be seen as good and as acceptable because so much of what they're afraid of is being seen as an outsider and to be seen as in some cases, a criminal, in some cases, a demonic, some, you know, being um, because so many people hate gay people and so many people make fun of gay people and so many religions and, and, and organizations and companies just pound down these hateful stereotypes and like people feel like they're not going to get a job if they're gay or they feel like they're going to get bullied if they're gay. And what that creates in people is a need to be seen as um, what's the word I'm looking for as, as achieving things and being better than their peers and rising above. So you see gay people, oftentimes, and not always, but you see gay people, you know, really rising above and being super academic and, you know, getting amazing grades. Or you see gay people, you know, being the good child in their family and trying to keep the peace because they they want to be seen as a positive member of the family. Or you see them even, you know, volunteer for things or you know, run for student office or whatever. And you see some gay men um, physically try to prove that they are amazing. You know, like they want to be good at sports. They want to have a a very physically good body. And not to say that this is everybody, but I think the way that we kind of try to be good is dependent on the communities that we're in and how we're treated and the way that we view the threat of people finding out that we're gay and then ultimately the threat that people treating us differently because we're gay. And so I just want to say that because I think that my idea of my body image stems from some gay men being this kind of adonis perfect body thing the thing that i want to say about that is that i have come to find out and learn and observe that i think that 90 percent just as a guess of gay men have regular bodies maybe they're skinny maybe they're fat maybe they're average whatever but they actually gay men do not have all have abs and biceps and perfect skin and hairless bodies and whatever. Like people who are gay actually have very normal bodies. And if you open your eyes to see around you what bodies gay people have, they're very average normal bodies. I think where you get mixed up and where we get mixed up as a country is like The way that the media and, you know, models and athletes and all of that, the way that those people are portrayed in the media, because oftentimes when they're casting for a movie with a gay character or they or there's a gay athlete and they get famous because they came out as gay after being, you know, in the NFL or, you know, they're a model and they're gay, or they're a you know, a celebrity or a singer and they're gay, oftentimes those people are what the American people are viewing as a gay body. And I want, I just think actually part of what I want as a message from this podcast, and something that I would like to share with my friends and my peers and my fans and whatever, is that when you are thinking of gay people, I don't want you to think that there's a type of body that comes with that because that really causes a lot of harm. It's the same thing. There are straight people who have, you know, perfect, amazing bodies and whatever. But like, I think the narrative that gay people have perfect bodies is just so false. And for as a, as a, um, as a note here, when I say perfect body, I'm talking about like the media and the assumption that a body is perfect. We all have perfect bodies. Who cares what your body looks like right now? I'm saying like, when I'm saying perfect body, I mean like what we're taught is a perfect body. What we're shown is a perfect body. So I think that the people who are gay, who have this kind of maybe a complex where they need to, you know, work out and probably maybe starve themselves and you know just watch their food watch their exercise the people who you're seeing as gay people in magazines or in movies or tv shows that's not representative of the overall gay or queer community and their bodies and I think I've had trouble with this for my entire life for my entire 20s I was like why do I feel like I need to have a certain body because I'm gay that's so stupid And friends of mine would be like, oh no, maybe you're just a bear. Oh no, there's twinks, there's bears. You could be this, you could be that. And I'm like, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a bear and I don't think I'm a twink. I don't want to be a twink because I don't think that's what my body is. And I also really do not align with or identify with identifying the type of body that I have with a label. Hot take don't call me anything based on the way my body is or the size of my body or the amount of hair that's on my body. To me, that doesn't sit right with me. I don't want to be titled something based on the way that my body is. And I've thought a lot about this with the label fat because I've done a lot of thinking and reflecting on the word fat. And I've come to the conclusion just for myself, I don't mind if someone calls me fat. It kind of describes the way my body is. There's a lot of fat on my body. Like that. that's a fact. And it's not indicative of my health in in the way that you're thinking. Because basically when I started focusing on my health two years ago, so we're talking about spending time. This is not a quick fix. But when I started focusing on my health, walking more, exercising more, joining the gym, monitoring how often I'm cooking, monitoring how often I am ordering food, working on my sleep, working on my hydration. Yeah, lost 13 pounds over the last two years. And I've done it in a very sustainable, very um, healthy way, just lifestyle changes. And I have really, really, really improved my health. My doctor has absolutely no problems with my health. So when I say that me being a fat person does not affect my health, that's what I mean. Now, when I gained weight and I was stopping working out and I was not drinking water and I was not moving, my health was not good. But those things have changed. The fact that I'm fat has not changed. And I'm a perf- I am a, literally a perfectly healthy person. But just because I am pretty neutral about the word fat now, which has taken a lot of work for me, I also don't want to work it into my identity in a weird way. And I've played with this. And even on this podcast, I've called myself a fat person. But like, it just doesn't I don't want to label my body something. That's that's what it is. I, don't, I just I have a body and my body is what my body is. And I like when people call themselves fat and identify themselves as fat, but like, it's just not me. I've decided to put a word to describe my body besides useful, because I think that I've spent so much time trying to be like, oh, well, if I worked out, I would be a this. And if I worked out and ate healthier, I could get this. And if I worked out and ate healthier, I could start doing that. And I think that those labels and those thoughts of like, if I changed this about my body, then I would be that. And now I'm this and then I would be that. I hate it. (laughs) I don't want that at all. Like, I don't want that to be a part of my identity. I'm just a person who has a body and my body can do amazing things. Here's the thing about my body that I love, that I know not that many people can do. When I go to a gymnastics class, I've been doing adult gymnastics classes. And I am like incredibly impressed with what I'm still able to do in my adult gymnastics classes. I mean, I can do a dive somersault. Do you know what that is? It's when you dive into the air and then you tuck your head and you do a somersault. I can do a cartwheel. I can do a round off. Um, I ta- I, I've been working on doing a backward somersault, which is actually a challenge and it's an athletic challenge that I've been working on. And I did it. Um, I just ran a 12 minute mile on the treadmill a couple weeks ago and I improved it. And I'm running more like an 11 minute mile on the treadmill. My body is very functional and pretty impressive. Like I can do a lot of things that a lot, a lot, a lot of people can't do. So labeling it based on the way that it looks does not, sit with me. And I don't want, I just actually want to set a boundary. I don't want to have a name for my body (laughs) based on the size of it. Maybe there could be a name based on what it can do or how healthy it is or whatever, but I just no interest in labeling my body. And I feel like just ever since this kind of maybe one year mark or the last six months in, you know, post pandemic times, since I've joined the gym, since I've been going to the doctor, since I've been, you know, even working on cooking at home and cleaning my apartment more often, like, I've really, really, really been negotiating with like, how do I want to identify with my body image? Because it has really held me back. To be, to be honest with you, like, it has really held me back in my life. Like, I don't do things in my life, because I think that my body looks a certain way, and that I'm afraid that someone will think something because my body is too much of this and not enough of that. And I'm still working through it. Like I, I'm not coming at, I'm not coming to you as a fully realized, like body image activist. I'm coming as a work in progress, but I've been negotiating, like, what is my stance on my body image? And how do I want to relate to the world around me through my body image? And I've done a lot of work on it. Like I've done a lot, mainly around deciding this kind of decision, like between fatness and changing my body. Like, do I want to just lean in and say I'm fat and that's what it is? Or do I want to um, work out and eat healthier and um, change my body to somehow become what I think I need to become? And the real truth, to be honest with you, is is right in the middle. I've realized that even as a fat person or even as somebody that could be described as fat, I, and I will also say not everybody will, will agree that I am a fat person. And that's another thing. It's like, who gets to decide who's fat? You know, <laughs> like we all have different views of ourselves. We all have different views of each other to me i have a lot of fat right now on my body and when i look at certain pictures of myself or when i when i when i do certain things i feel like i'm a fat person that said i am working on my diet and working on my exercise and the goals of working on my diet and working on my exercise are purely Around things like my blood pressure, which is really important to me because I want to make sure I have good blood pressure. And it's around things like how much can I do with my body? How far can I run? That's important to me. How far and how long can I run without getting out of breath? Um, If I want to go for a, a bike ride, how fast can I go and can I keep up with the person I'm with? Things like that are really important to me. And then also things like dancing. Because I'm a very, I'm a person who's very interested in dancing. And I want to be able to dance really well. And I will say that right now, I'm not where I want to be with dancing. But I see people dancing who have all different sizes of bodies. So the reason that I'm not where I am with dancing is not because of the size of my body, but because I'm not dancing enough. I want to dance more. And that is actually amazing exercise. So I want to be dancing more. I want to be eating healthier. And part of the reason that I want to be eating healthier is because I want things like my skin to be really good. And I want to save money by not ordering McDonald's and spending $28 to have a cheeseburger delivered to me. So all of my goals have this harmony where, you know what? It just makes sense for me as a person to work on my diet and to work on my exercise. The thing that I'm not going to do is set goals around my diet and exercise that are not sustainable and that to me is a big 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 change from maybe two five years ago to me i'm 30 years old and i have tried every single thing i could do to motivate myself to go to the gym a certain number of times a week and to cook at home a certain number of times a week and to you know um Limit fast food to only a certain day of the week. Like those kinds of goals are just, they're just not up my alley. I'm also not going to say that I need to start a spreadsheet and fill it out. And every day that I cook at home, I put an X. None of that kind of stuff is going to be working. I'm working on like a binary scale. At the end of the month, do I feel like I generally ate healthy? And at the end of the month, do I feel like I generally went to the gym when I had the time to go to the gym? To me, that is better. And it's probably more sustainable than having a rigorous gym schedule and having a rigorous diet schedule. I'm not going to count calories. And when I say I'm not going to count calories, what I really mean by that is I'm not going to have an app that tracks anything about my food. I, I have done that for years. I have tracked calories for years, years, years. My fitness pal. Um, what's the word? What's the um, Noom Weight Watchers? What I've realized is that the, the app that you use doesn't matter. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're counting how much food you're eating. And at 30 years old, I know exactly. I know how much food I'm eating. And I know how much is a lot of food or a little food. Lately, I've actually been noticing that I have not been eating that much. Like I've noticed that I'll skip lunch or I'll skip, you know, wait, wait too long to eat dinner or something like that. And I'm very aware of it. I'm very aware that of what I'm eating. I don't need an app to track what I'm eating. And I will say that any time that I've decided I was going to track my food, has it lasted? No. Maybe I've done it for three months. Maybe I've lost 10 pounds in the three months. And then bam, I'm back to eating whatever. I actually think it's better to just know in your mind what you're eating and be aware of it and, and kind of understand like, oh, it seems like I ate a lot of this or it seems like I forgot to eat that or I haven't had spinach in a while. Maybe I should eat some spinach. It feels better to me to just know it. Does that make sense? Um And I guess that's kind of where it comes into like intuitive eating and just monitoring it on your own and feeling it out and eating what you want to eat when you want to eat it. And I think the reason that that works for me is that I generally, um, I generally have a mission of health and, and I really feel like on that first day of work on February 15th, 2021, I really had a hard time with the fact that I felt like I was in my worst health. Like that just really weighed on me. And I feel like that first year of going through it and working on it. And, you know, I, I learned a lot because I really did a lot of research. I found role models that I cared about and I listened to what they had to say. And to me, it's just all about sustainable life Changes, but not even life changes, but like life awareness and just being aware what is my overall goal in my life? And what is each decision that I'm making doing to help me get to that goal? The bold thing here to me, it feels as though I'm going a little bit against the grain of a lot of the things that I've been taught. One of the things that I've been taught is that my body is unacceptable. I have been completely over and over and over and over and over again through the media and through conversations with friends and mentors and bosses and co-workers and whatever. The idea that my body is unacceptable has been reinforced in a lot of different conversations and mediums and media that I've seen. And I'm going against the grain. My body is acceptable. And that's it's a new thing for me to be saying, but it's literally acceptable. Like my body is not only acceptable, it's similar to most of the country and their bodies. The idea of having a slim body with abs and biceps and whatever is actually so it's I actually think it is unattainable for me. And I think that is going against the grain. I think there are people who think that if you just got it together and if you just stopped eating that, and if you just started working out this amount, then you would get the body of your dreams. And the thing about that to me is that I, I, I could, you're right. I could stop eating certain things and I could work out twice a day for th- three hours a day. And in a year I could have, I could be on the cover of men's health. Sure. Two years later, I'm going to be back right where I am because I am not somebody who's going to sell my life to the gym. I already know that about myself. And I think that the people back to the whole like gay conversation and gay body standards and like gay body image, something that I've worked through in therapy truly is that either people are killing themselves in the gym and in the kitchen to have this amazing perfect muscular body or it's just natural to them they just naturally have a fit muscular body i know i don't have the second one i do not have a naturally fit slim muscular body and i'm just not gonna spend my life working toward a body that is not gonna do anything for me for me if i did get that perfect body would that actually get me to start dating and to to feel self-worth and to, you know, start my life? No. I have heard so many people say that they worked, 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 worked to get this body, to get this body. And, you know, they got their skinniest and they, maybe they had an eating disorder or whatever. And when they were their skinniest, they were their least happy version of themselves. On this podcast, I've had guests who have talked about this, where they said that they ha- they have dealt with eating disorders and disordered eating, and they were their skinniest, and people were telling them, you look so good. You look so healthy. And they tell me that that was when they were the least happiest. It was when they're the least secure in their body. And it wasn't worth it. And so what I'm saying is like, Yes. I could work my ass off and I could go get a killer body. And what I know to be true about myself is that a year later, it's going to be gone because I have absolutely no interest in spending more than an hour a day working on my fitness. And that is a truth that I'm going to stand behind. I'm trying to get away from this mindset of like, if I only did this, then I would get that. What I've realized about, like, my body and my eating and my working out is, like, I actually work out more than a lot of people that I know. I really do. I have a gym right downstairs from my building. And I am actually going there fairly often. And I have friends who don't work out almost at all. Or they don't work out as much as me. And they're way thinner than me. I also feel like I eat pretty balanced I am not overeating all the time I think that's something that I've had to really come to terms with I think I've made the assumption that because I'm fat and because I'm overweight that I must be totally overeating all the time and if I really look back at the last you know six months of my life it's just not true I'm not eating crazy cake and crazy you know um sweets and like all kinds of I actually eat like lunch and dinner and maybe a snack or two and like that's pretty much it. Um so I'm working out I'm eating a pretty balanced you know ha- oftentimes like it, you know if I'm feeling like it I might do McDonald's or I might but even even when I do that what I realize is like even when I do that I'm not even eating that much of it. I'm not even oftentimes I'm not even finishing of uh, the burger. I'm not eating the fries. You know, and it's just kind of an interesting thing. I just want to say that, that I feel like in my intuitive eating, in my knowledge of what I know I'm doing, I really feel like I'm not overeating. So for me, it the problem is not my body. The problem is my body image and how I feel about my body and what I'm allowing my body image to stop me from doing. And that is where I'm taking the power. And that is where I'm being bold and saying absolutely no more. Because I'm an amazing person. Like, I am actually such a cool person. And the fact that I would let my body take away from that, especially when there are other people in the world who have larger bodies, who I actually idolize and think they're so creative and so funny and so clever, that why would I let myself be the one to tell my body that it's not good enough? I should be the one being, yeah, it's good enough. And if someone has a problem with it, bye. I should be saying that my body is good and acceptable and worth it. And that's that. I don't need myself to be my bully. I don't need myself to stop me from living my life. Let someone else do that. And then I can fight against them. Fuck that. Like, I'm sorry. I don't usually curse on this podcast, but fuck me telling myself that my body isn't good enough. Like, what? Absolutely not. That ends right now, actually. Like, actually, no, that's not going to be happening. So in conclusion, (laughs) I want to say some things about a conclusion here. The first thing is that It's absolutely I'm a work in progress. I probably will never have a year where all 365 days I feel amazing about my body. Might not even be half. I'm a work in progress. Okay? So if I ever say something different, just know that it's all something that I'm working on. Like I said, secondly, I just want to reiterate that I want to get away from this mindset that if I only did this, then my body would be good enough and I could get this or do this or achieve that. Because that to me is absolute toxicity. And I'm getting away from it and I'm stopping it. The third thing that I want to say is like, I want to get away. I want to like start setting some very real boundaries around. Just for myself, not like I have to tell anybody else what they can do, but for myself, like what kind of conversations about weight and exercise and food and body image do I actually want to engage in? It doesn't bother me like what other people say or do, but like when I get into it and it doesn't feel authentic to me, I have a problem with that. And I don't want to say to my friends, let's never talk about body image or let's never talk about weight or let's never talk about blood pressure or let's never talk about exercise. I actually really en- enjoy talking actually about progress and fitness. I really, something that I haven't said yet is I actually love fitness. I love working out. Like I love dancing. I love running. I love swimming. I love yoga. I actually love working out. And just, that's something that I've come to terms with as well. Like I'm actually a jock. <laughs> like I actually love working out. Um, So I love when people like my friend Stephanie is constantly sending me videos of people making progress in things like gymnastics. And that will never get old to me. I love that. I love watching somebody say, I have a dream of achieving a a thing and I want to get better at my fitness because I want to get better at this thing. That to me is a very healthy thing for me to engage in. I think a medium thing would be like talking about weight or like talking about like, um, you know, calories or something like that. Like if somebody is talking about that, like, sure. Like I'm interested to hear like what they're working on. I think something for myself that I don't want to like act like I'm that into is like when someone's like, Oh, I'm doing keto. And this is what this means. And this is how I'm doing it. And this is what's going to change because to me, like those kinds of diets, I mean, to me, it's kind of not um, not sustainable. Like, it's just not... I don't want to get into a conversation about keto. I'm never going to do keto. If I tried, it wouldn't last. So I'm not interested in it. And I think that that's, like, a boundary for myself. Like, sure, listen to what the person has to say. But I don't need to get wrapped up in it and be like, oh, should I be doing that? Or, like, she's doing this. Like, I feel like I should be doing that because I'm this. No, like, get over it, Ben. Like, you're not going to do keto. <laughs> and I think just, like, um, understanding that for myself and standing boldly in it. Like, just understanding, like, actually, I don't give a shit about keto. Or, like, I don't... I think the other thing that I really need to set a boundary on for myself, again, people can say whatever they want to say to me. It's a matter of, like, how much do I engage in it? Big therapy learning. But, like, Self hatred body image talk. I actually think that while it might feel good to connect with somebody over our insecurities, the thing that I can't do is insult my body because, like I said two minutes ago, not going to be me to insult my body. I'm the call is not going to be coming from inside the house. That is my a resolution. It's February 20th, but like this is my resolution. The call cannot come from within the house. Someone else can call me and tell me that I'm ugly or whatever. Me, Ben Haas, the most amazing person in the world. I am not going to be the person to say that to myself. Big key, major key takeaway from this podcast. Okay. That is all that I have to say about body image. I, if you've listened to this whole thing, like, bless you. I appreciate you for being here. I, this has felt really good for me to get off of my chest. And I, I got emotional at certain times. I don't know if you could tell. But, like, the body image thing has been a demon and a monster and an asshole in my life for the entire time that I can remember being a person. At 30 years old, let's not do that anymore. Like, let's just not. Can we not? Like, I just need to not do it anymore. If you identify with this, like anything that I've said here, please leave a comment because as you probably can imagine, talking about body image and posting it everywhere (laughs) on the internet can tend to be a fairly vulnerable thing. And when I put something out there, like, until someone says that was good or that was relatable or whatever like I might be like having a little bit of anxiety so if you do have kind words to say about this please either leave a comment if you're my friend text me anyway I really appreciate you being here my name is Ben I'm your host you can find me on Instagram at Ben Haas show you can also find me on TikTok at Ben Haas show you can find this podcast. We talk about all kinds of things, vulnerability and authenticity and, you know, just taking a bold stance on bold things in your bold life. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Life in Bold Pod. And then on YouTube, you can subscribe. If you're watching this podcast, you can click subscribe uh, on YouTube. If you're watching on or listening to on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can click follow or subscribe and you'll hear new episodes coming out each, uh, every other Monday. And that is on subscribing to the podcast. I have a couple of really great episodes coming out soon uh, with some really amazing people and I'm really excited for you to hear them. So make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already and I wish you an amazing day an even better week. And do not forget, to live your life in bold. Bye.